It was only four days after Christmas back in 1967 when Chung Ziu Young, founder of Hyundai Engineering and Construction, released the Cortina onto the Korean automotive market. Now, over 50 years later, the automotive empire he created, with the help of Ford, has become one of the top three automotive companies in the world. Sure, there were a few bumps along the way, but who would have thought that the one idea from an engineering company would become so much more? That is what we were talking about this week on Autolux.net Autopod. AutoWorks.net Autopod, streaming day or night, coming right at you, right here, right now. Welcome back to the AutoLooks Autopod. I am your host, the doctor to the car, Mr. Everett J himself. And today we are going to be taking a look at a little car company from Korea who has now become one of the top three automotive manufacturers in the world, Hyundai Motor Corporation. And how they have gone from the Econobox Hyundai ponies, which first graced our shores back in the 80s in North America, to becoming one of the premier luxury brands competing against BMW, Mercedes, and Audi with their Genesis product. Yes. Now, after more than 50 years in existence, Hyundai is finally moving further upstream. A stream that had been put into action back in the late 90s. But this move was a long time coming, and move into the luxury world would have happened a lot sooner than the Genesis we see today. Now, if you take a look back, Hyundai has been gradually moving into a more of a premium and luxury marketplace. We saw this even in North America back in the late 90s, when the XG350 Graystar Shores. It was just a tiny little mid-size premium car from a standard automotive manufacturer. Now you have to remember we take a look back way back to the 80s and I remember growing up with little vehicles called the Hyundai Pony and Hyundai Excel. Yes amazing little pieces of crap. Why do I say amazing? Because they sold like hotcakes. Just like Kia did in the late 90s with the Spectra, with the Rio and even their little Sportage. Tiny crappy little products that were cheap for people to get into relatively cheap to replace parts but only lasted a specific amount of time and then you had to throw them out it was essentially a throwaway car now we have all seen throwaway cars and how they help companies even some companies come back to life the k car was one of those without the help of the k car and the minivan chrysler corporation wouldn't have been able to make it through the 80s they wouldn't be here today teamed up with fiat for fca and a about to become part of PSA. Yes, PSA, F, FCA are going to merge together, and that wouldn't have happened had Chrysler not released the Reliant in K-Car way back in the 80s that saved their butt. Now, how many of these things do you see these days? Not a lot. Just like the Hyundai Pony and Excel. These are crappy little econo boxes that help break through for Hyundai. And as they did that, they learned like the Japanese. The Japanese who entered our market in the 60s. They built tiny little cheap econo vehicles, and they used that money to put it back into the corporation to make better quality have better features we all saw it with kia kia being one of the few vehicles who actually had power windows power locks and in some cases even cruise control a standard products for their vehicles. Things unheard of even by the big three in the early 2000s. Yes, power windows and power locks, even a CD player were still an optional feature in the early 2000s where you can buy Kia Spectras back then with all of those features. And how did they do it? Along with their new corporate owner, Hyundai, they took economies of scale. They put those products into every vehicle. When you mass buy, you can lower the price of them. And by doing so, Hyundai managed to release tons more ponies tons more excels and move themselves up 
Yes, we all have to start. Some people, like Tesla, wish to start at the top and try and work their way into the medium crowd. But other companies, the ones that make themselves real big, for instance, Toyota, Hyundai, Kia, all start at the bottom and move their way up. And Hyundai has been doing that for generations. My generation grew up with the crappy little ponies, and then I remember getting into the Sonatas by the time I had finished high school. And nowadays, I could buy a Genesis G90, which falls into the exact same scale as a Mercedes S-Class for half the price. Yes this little company built themselves into the luxury brand they wanted. And we're going to take you on that journey. Now, like we said, we're going back 50 years. We're going way back to 1967 when they released the Hyundai Cortina, which, yes, was a Ford Cortina. And just like their other division, Kia, Hyundai got their start with the help of Ford Motor Company. Now, over the years, they said they built these small vehicles. They entered their markets. They started expanding out into the other Asian markets. And it wasn't until the 80s that they finally entered the North American marketplace. And they learn one thing in their home markets. They could have entered with really great, amazing products, but this is the 80. People have fallen on their luck. The Great Depression of the 80s. Black Monday. Bringing the economy down. We can't enter the market at, at a regular grade price. No, if we want to make a name for ourselves, we need to get tons of people to buy our products easily and get them hooked on it. And hopefully, we won't have enough issues with it that we can move them into the next phase of their products. Sort of like how Toyota does it. They start you with a Corolla, they move you up to a Camry, and eventually you move on to an Avalon, a Tacoma, a Tundra. And then from there, if you've gone further in your life, you can move into the Lexus. And like all three Japanese marks, back in the late 80s and early 90s with Lexus, Acura, and Infiniti, Hyundai wanted a piece of that luxury pie in North America. Unlike their Asian marketplaces, which only standard automobile manufacturers could build standard cars, like the Toyota Crown, it would be considered a luxury product here. The Toyota Crown Majesta is the Lexus LS500 in Japan. But here, it is a Lexus LS500 because in North America, prestige sells people. Like, people like to show that I got luxury. Even if it's just a standard Toyota Camry, I own a Lexus ES300. It's a mentality. Difference between Asia and North America. And Hyundai knew that. Hyundai wanted a piece of it. There's better market, better product, better money in the luxury marketplace. They wanted in there. But being the 80s, they couldn't. And being the fact that they started here, they couldn't. So they slowly had to work themselves into it. And by the mid-90s, their products were selling. Their names were getting known of. All I remember is the Hyundai Accents. I remember them. I had an uncle who had an original Hyundai Accent when they first started coming out in the mid-90s. Cheap, crappy, little economy car. Just like the Ponies and Excels from the 80s. It was essentially their replacement. And these products weren't that good. And there weren't a lot of dealerships. Now, they were better than some of the other vehicles out there. Let's just say they were better than some of what the big three were putting out in North America. Parts were a little more expensive than the big threes, but they were cheaper. Behind it knew if they could start selling these more in masses and masses. See, they used the 80s to build up their dealership network and try and get a part supply and get into manufacturing. Mid-90s, they were they had their dealership forefront. They could start pushing better products. So they started with the Accent. They started moving into the Sonata. And by the late 90s, they started entering into the premium marketplace with the Hyundai XG350, which later became the Hyundai Azera. Back in Korea, Hyundai was already doing this with the Hyundai Dynasties being used as cabs and used as premium products. Now, like we said, in Asian marketplaces, only luxury creators can build luxury products. So Hyundai couldn't build luxury products for their market. Mentalities are slowly changing. Lexus, Infinity, Acura, even Genesis are starting to move back into their home countries. Unlike in North America, where you can have both of them being sold. Like we said, we're moving into the night, and they have this little product called the Hyundai Dynasty, which became the grandeur. It was big. 
it would fall into the same lines as a Buick Lucerne, a Chrysler 300. It was a premium product. So they're starting to get more money off of standard products. And Hyundai says, we want to move further up. And now with the buyout of Kia, we already have our entry-level products. Let's move Hyundai further up. Let's make them more premium. Well, they started doing this. And by the late 2000s, they started bringing over the Equus, the Genesis, the Azera. So they're starting to get the three-tier products. But unfortunately, people still had the mentality that Hyundai built standard grade products their quality had improved they were getting by the late 2000s onto the same par as toyota products the sonata was competing with the camry but why couldn't hyundai move further up it's like we said the mentality they could have never moved toyota into a luxury field they can't move honda into an luxury field they can't move nissan into a luxury field hell mazda never got through with their Amani brand which became the mazda millennia thanks to parent company at that time ford motor corporation didn't want another luxury arm so Mazda never jumped in. Don't know why they don't try and do it now, but I guess when you're selling good products and you got a lot of dealers with everyone else, you might as well just keep going on what you're good at. Just like Suzuki, Subaru, but Subaru's owned by Toyota. Zuzu, Zuzu's partnered up with tons of people. Hyundai wanted a bigger... Now, with competition moving from Toyota, Honda, Chevrolet, Mitsubishi, you know, all those products, people still saw Hyundai as a mid-tier brand. They competed along the same lines as all those companies. Some of their products, like the Accent, still competed on the lower grade, but other products like the Azera started entering into the premium marketplace. They started being compared to products like the Avalon, Buicks, Chrysler's, the premium marketplace. So they're starting to make a little bit more money off products that they could have sold under the standard Hyundai, but they wanted a bigger piece of that luxury. But Hyundai was growing. And with Kia at the bottom end, Hyundai can grow. They can use their money from their products to build them a little bit better, get their quality up, get people into buying Hyundais, and move upscale. And the Azera, the Equus, the Genesis, we're all helping them do this. Now, like we said, late 2000s they were doing this. and then along comes second generation centennial which spawned into the equus and they started branching out and hyundai started playing with the idea of the fact that people were willing to look at the genesis product as its own standalone product it had its own logo it had its own image there was no h on it people saw it as a genesis they didn't see it as a hyundai kind of like the original lexus ls they didn't see it as a toyota they saw it as a lexus it had the toyota vibe to it but it wasn't a Toyota. The new Equus, the Genesis, even the Genesis Coupe weren't seen as Hyundai products. Hyundai started playing around with the ideas. They started to brand them out and they wanted to make that more of a luxury arm of the Hyundai division. Move the Azera, the Genesis, and even the Equus into their own separate portion of the dealership. Make it seem like it's a full luxury arm. Essentially what Toyota did with Scion. Create a dealership within a dealership. But you can't do that. The big three have always been able to do that. But everybody knows they own all these things. You could sell a Cadillac and a GM dealership deal because it's General Motors. They own. They own GM. They own Pontiac. They own Oldsmobile. They own Chevrolet. They own Cadillac. They own Saturn. They own Hummer. You could sell them all within the same division. Everybody knew they were all the same company. A Chrysler could be sold alongside of a Dodge because you go from a Dodge and they move to the marketplace. But that's just the mentality that they created in the North American marketplace all the way back to the 50s. It's like, why do we have Dodge and then Plymouth and then Chrysler and then Imperial? They needed different markets. So when the price point hit was hit on Dodge, they had to move it into the Plymouth territory. And then when the price point hit the ceiling in there, they had to move you into the Chrysler territory. And when the price point hit the ceiling in there, they moved you into the Imperial territory. They kept moving the price point up, so they created different divisions. Essentially what Hyundai was doing with the Genesis products. But they saw how the Japanese did it. And instead of moving Hyundai up, Hyundai decided to say, we're going to stay in the same spot as Toyota. We're going to do the same thing as the Japanese people who taught us how to do the automotive game. And we're going all in. And on November 4th, 2015, Hyundai released onto the 
world the Genesis brand. They had taken the logo from the Genesis product. They used the name from that. So then the Equus, the Genesis sedan, were moving up. They were going to become their own standalone products. And the G70 and G80 and soon enough the G90 all came out. Grandeur moved up. The Equus moved up. Equus became the G90. The Grandeur became the G80. And the Genesis sedan, because it needed to be revamped and rebuilt, they turned it second generation in North America into the G70. And they finally hit that stride on luxury field. The only issue that Hyundai still had was how do we get a dealer network out there? Should we sell these things along the same lines as Hyundai or should we create standalone dealerships? And this is 2015. We're now in 2020, five years later. Certain dealerships have been set up for Genesis only and some of them have been placed together. Unfortunately, some companies and some dealerships started tearing apart their showrooms to split both Hyundai and Genesis and have both of them under one roof. By 2018, Hyundai said, nope, we're sorry about your deal. We're making Genesis only a standalone product vision. We're doing like Toyota did with Lexus. Honda has done with Acura and Nissan has done with Infiniti. We're not selling it in the same showroom as our standard products because you can't sell an Acura product in the same area as a Toyota product because Toyota products are usually sold in the suburbs. Acura products are sold in the gated communities outside of the suburbs where people have more money. In Canada, it's a little different. You could set up a dealership anywhere. Fortunately, my hometown, we don't have either of those big three Japanese luxury marks because of the dealerships that we have in our town can't meet the specifications of either Lexus, Acura, or Infiniti. People who own the Toyota Nissan dealership can't meet the same regulations as the Lexus, and the Honda dealership can't meet the regulations of an Acura dealership, so he went out and bought a BMW dealership instead. He also owns Mercedes. So, Hyundai, on the other hand, wants to create standalone products. The only problem with doing this is you could be segregating yourself away from different marketplaces, unlike the big three who still sell their luxury products together. Even the German marks are starting to do that. Volkswagen owns Audi. Volkswagen dealerships, in a lot of cases, sit right next door to Audi dealerships if the market is isn't big enough to have two massive dealerships, they put them on the same lot as each other. Just like the big three have always combined all of their dealerships into one showroom. Two years has passed, Hyundai has stated that they want the Genesis brand as standalone and its own dealership floors. Unfortunate thing for this is there has been a lawsuit against them because of all the dealerships that were told originally that they could separate their dealerships into two showrooms so they could sell both products. These people taken out tons of money, bought the licensing, and then all of a sudden Hyundai said, nope, we're going to select market and standalone dealerships. And the lawsuit is now out and Hyundai is waiting for it. From a company that brought us the Pony and Excel back in the 80s to now driving a Genesis G90 on the same lines as the Mercedes S-Class still seems very odd to myself because I grew up with a generation of cheap, crummy, affordable Econo box cars from this company. But the mentality that they've grown, their quality over the years has made it easier. Where Lincoln once stood on top of the luxury pedestal along with Cadillac and Chrysler, Lincoln today is now fighting to get back into the luxury field and move up from the premium standpoint into full-scale luxury to compete with Germany's big three. They're having a hard time to doing that. The Continental is helping them push that way. Cadillac went through this in the early 2000s when they started creating their angular edge design with the CTS. Because By the late 90s, their products were being seen as more premium luxury products, not full-scale in the same lines as Mercedes. They're now moving back into there. Chrysler, unfortunately, one of the big car companies of the 
the luxury mark from the 60s has pushed back into the premium marketplace and now resides along Buick and Acura as well. They're not full-scale luxury products. Of course, when you only have two products, a 300 and a Pacifica, it's kind of hard to say you're a full luxury lineup with only two products. Hyundai has pushed themselves through. And now with the release of the new GV80 SUV, they could start moving themselves further into the luxury field. Even though the GV80 rides on the exact same platform as the Hyundai Palisade and the Kia Telluride. Same platform, three products. It's a little trick that General Motors has taught a few of the automotive manufacturers out there. You can build a ton of products up the exact same line, and that's what Hyundai is doing. So now Hyundai has three different standpoints. They have Kia, their entry-level products with entry-level pricing. They have Hyundai, which goes when the ceiling gets hit for the Kia brand, Hyundai starts. And Hyundai will move you through the fields of quality into Toyota. And they move you all the way into the premium marketplace because the Azera is still part of the Hyundai field. Now when you hit the top marks for the Azera and even the Palisade, you start moving into the Genesis lineup. And because of this, and because they took their money and built quality into the Hyundai products, the Hyundai products can now be positioned to be mid-tier products. They still have a nameplate that resides in Toyota Honda territory. Their products rank closer to a premium marketplace. All from a company that got their start as an engineering firm who teamed up with Ford Motor Company, just like Kia. And the major influence that Ford had on the Korea marketplace has now shone through to Hyundai Motor Corporation. Today, Hyundai is on par with its Asian rivals and still has a wide range of products worldwide. We're talking from a tiny little Hyundai i10 hatchback in the subcompact marketplace into cargo trucks, cube vans, SUVs, and soon enough, the Santa Cruz. There's soon to be crossover utility truck to take on the likes of the Honda Ridgeline and Volkswagen soon to be released truck for the North American marketplace. It could still be a hard battle for Hyundai to move themselves into a more of a premium marketplace to keep Kia as entry to low tier and keep themselves in standard to mid tier. But Hyundai has fought a hard fought battle that has brought them from the Pony and Excel in the 80s to the Azera and the G90 of today. Hyundai learned what the Japanese learned over 30 years in the North American marketplace in less than 10. The unfortunate thing for them is the Chinese are learning from them and when they finally reach our shores in North America, which we've been hearing about for 20 years, they finally do come here, they might be able to do it even quicker. So from autolooks.net, I am looking back at how Hyundai started as a standard product being sold to the masses in their home marketplace of Korea and then to coming to North America with cheap economy cars which helped them build their massive empire into a luxury arm competing on the same grounds as Mercedes, BMW, and Audi. We have to applaud them for learning tricks of the trade from their Japanese counterparts and building their empire from nothing to being one of the top three automotive manufacturers in the entire world with really only two major divisions. Hyundai has come a long way over their course of history and they still have a long way to go. From Autolux.net, I'm Everett saying keep following our Twitter, Facebook, Podbeam, and over at our website at W www.autolux.net for all your up-to-date information on blogs, podcasts, corporate links to all the automotive websites, and while you're stuck at home during this virus, give your little one something to read with the new Autolux children's books coming our way. This is Everett J from Autolux saying, strap yourself in for one fun wild ride from the Hyundai Motor Corporation.